This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. With today's kids glued to video games and smartphones, how can parents help their children appreciate the wonders of nature and the great outdoors? One expert shares some good advice. The statistics are truly staggering. The average American child today spends 7 to 10 hours each day staring at screens and on the order of 7 minutes a day playing outdoors. Then, on top of sky-high tuition, textbooks cost college students a fortune. But now, open source books offer a cheaper alternative. The key is that they are created by someone who intended for them to be freely shared and available and licensed them in that way. Those two stories, and much more, are coming your way on this week's InfoTrack. Stay with us. The show begins right after this. show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. When the average American kid spends just minutes a day playing outdoors, how can parents instill a love of nature in their children? InfoTrack's Roy Mackey tracked down an expert to share his advice. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Dr. Scott Sampson. He's a dinosaur paleontologist and science communicator, the vice president of research and collections at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. He hosts the PBS kids television series Dinosaur Train, and he's the author of a book called How to Raise a Wild Child, The Art and Science of Falling in Love with Nature. So tell us, why do you see that disconnect between kids and nature and the outdoors as such a great concern? Well, I actually regard it as one of the greatest concerns, greatest crises facing us today, which might sound like hyperbole, but to my mind it's not. If we look at childhood, we can see that it's in crisis, that kids today face a number of health issues, obesity, attention disorder, diabetes, depression, all of these and more are skyrocketing to the point where one recent U.S. Surgeon General said that this generation of children may be the first to have a life expectancy shorter than that of their parents. Now, nature is no panacea, but getting kids outside and active is a big step in the right direction. The disconnect between people and nature also threatens sustainability in the places that we live. I mean, think about it for a moment. Whether it's loss of species or habitat change or whatever it might be, we are not going to become sustainable unless we care about where we live. And why would we care if we don't spend any time outside? A screen looks the same in Timbuktu as it does in St. Louis. What do you think the biggest obstacles are that are preventing kids from getting out and connecting to nature? Is it electronic screens or are there other factors? Screens are part of it, but we can't blame the digital revolution for this disconnect between kids and nature. I mean, the statistics are truly staggering. The average American child today spends 7 to 10 hours each day staring at screens and on the order of 7 minutes a day playing outdoors, which is about 90% less outdoor time than their parents had. So why is that? Technology is one part of it, but I think the fear factor is another part of it, that much more so than a generation ago, parents are afraid of letting their kids roam around unsupervised, to the point where a couple in Maryland was recently charged for letting their kids walk a mile home from school, which was just sort of standard behavior a generation ago. And the tragic thing is that our kids are in no more danger of being abducted by strangers than they were in 1950, 1960, 1970. 
But the media hypes all of these occurrences, so the fear is very, very real, and we have to acknowledge that. I have a 12-year-old daughter, and I can acknowledge having to deal with those fears. And the other factor that comes up all the time is overscheduling. I mean, when we were kids, we came home from school, we didn't have much homework, and we went outside until it got dark. Nowadays, kids have soccer practice and piano lessons and additional homework, and there's barely any time to go out and play. So we need to think about scheduling in nature time and think about it more like literacy. We take reading to our kids very, very seriously. In the same way, nature should not be a leisure option. It should be something that we push to get into our kids' lives. And I have a website associated with the book, RaiseAWildChild.com. And in there, I challenge parents to take on the what I call the 30 by 3 nature challenge just to get their kids outside for 30 minutes three times a week make a habit of it and don't believe me that it makes a difference try it out and see how your kids react and my guess is that they will be happier and healthier and sleep better and maybe even treat you better along the way in your book you use the term nature connection quite a bit can you just explain what that term means sure my argument is that we are disconnected from nature in our minds that we can't be disconnected from nature everything we eat everything we breathe comes from the natural world but we don't see ourselves as connected with it, perhaps more so than at any point in history. So nature connection is less about having a deep knowledge of nature and more about feeling an emotional connection to it. So that we start to think about nature not just as a bunch of objects or resources for our exploitation, but rather as subjects that we want to build relationships with, that we want to go and connect with in some ways. And that's what Nature Connection is all about. And part of it is just fostering a sense of wonder that all kids are born with, but we tend to sort of beat out of them by the time they reach middle school. So fostering that sense of wonder with questions as much as answers is a really great way to do it. Just see what your kids are interested in and ask them questions about it. And that is the kind of thing that will keep that sense of wonder ignited. Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. Scott Sampson. He hosts the PBS Kids TV series Dinosaur Train, and he's now the author of How to Raise a Wild Child, The Art and Science of Falling in Love with Nature. Dr. Sampson, I would think that the way a child relates to nature probably changes as they age, right? Absolutely. The sense of what's wild, the sense of connection, like everything else, changes as kids get older. A backyard can be plenty wild for a preschooler, but isn't going to do it for a middle schooler or a teen. So we have to have the appropriate behaviors and expand our geographic horizons as we get older. We also need to let kids go and give them some autonomy. Think about the freedom that was normal for kids a generation ago, and now a child can reach 10 or 11 years old with barely an unsupervised moment. Rather than being helicopter parents where we're always hovering over our kids watching every move, think about becoming a hummingbird parent where you're out on the periphery and you zoom in only when needed, which, of course, turns out not to be very often. And then you increase that distance between you and your kids as they get older so that they have autonomy, so that they can take risks. We don't want to protect our kids from all the risks because they're going to be having to deal with these things eventually, and we want them to be equipped to deal with them by having gone through these things before. So nature connection, as I like to say, is a contact sport and kids in nature can take it. So rather than saying no when kids want to climb trees or throw rocks or carry sticks, let them go, cheer them on, 
I mean, clothes can be washed and cuts heal and all those things, and the vast majority of us managed to survive to adulthood despite a free-range childhood. So uh, I think these things are all important. I have a son and a daughter, and both of them are involved in scouting, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. And those activities certainly do seem to make a huge difference in how they relate to and appreciate nature. Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts are one of the greatest things out there for nature connection and just getting kids outdoors. I really believe in the program. It's terrific, and I encourage parents to think about it so that they don't feel like it's all their responsibility to know all this stuff and to get it done. They can have organizations like the Boy Scouts help them. So give us some practical tips on what parents can do to help their kids appreciate nature. We should aim to become nature mentors, and by that I do not mean the experts with all the answers. First of all, that intimidates people because they don't feel like they have the answers. The truth of this is that you don't need to have any answers, that questions are far more powerful at provoking that sense of wonder. So just ask questions about things that your kids are interested in. Start noticing nature yourself. Pause for even 10 seconds when you step outside the house in the morning and notice the clouds and the birds and the flowers. And if your kids see you doing this, they're going to start to value nature in the same way. Let them engage with their full bodies and then really encourage, bolster that sense of wonder with questions that sort of build mystery and feed on things that they're interested in. And even doing that for a few minutes a day can just make all the difference in the world. It's a matter of making it a habit in our lives, much the same way as it was when we were kids. You mentioned a few moments ago that you have a 12-year-old daughter, and I'm sure many people would think with your job and your interests that your daughter would be 100% on board with all of this. But did researching and writing this book change how you approach parenting and encouraging the appreciation of nature? Oh, for sure. She has taught me more than I have taught her. And having to deal with the challenges of being a parent that wants to connect kids with nature. I mean, if I struggle with it and I believe so passionately in it, then what must it be like for parents who don't have that motivation? So I think that it has completely changed how I think about things, and it's given me a lot more sympathy and empathy for parents who are trying to fit all of these things into their lives. And Jade, my daughter, who is now 12, sort of going on 15, I mean, she's at that age going into teenagehood where she doesn't even really want to be around the grown-ups most of the time. What teens want is to hang out with their peers and take challenges, and nature can be a great groundwork for that as well whether it's skiing or surfing or hiking or mountain climbing, whatever it might be, get some 20-somethings to look over them, keep them safe, and let them go so that later on in their teenage years, when they're definitely going to be taking risks, they have sort of this sense of how to do it because of their experiences in nature. Dr. Scott Sampson, nature expert, dinosaur paleontologist, and host of the PBS Kids TV series Dinosaur Train, and the author of How to Raise a Wild Child, The Art and Science of Falling in Love with Nature. Dr. Sampson, can you give us your web address one more time? It is raiseawildchild, all one word, dot com. Well, thanks again for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, college students pay a fortune in tuition. Then they get slammed by sky-high textbook costs. But there's a far cheaper alternative. There's more InfoTrack coming up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.